0: How many of you were here this morning? Praise God. Well, I'll tell you, you often hear me say to you that God is having a conversation with us. This is a Holy Ghost, Spirit-led church. And it's amazing to me how he ties in all the things he wants to say through different messages, through different people, through prayer services. I'm telling you, it's just um, supernatural, and so this morning, Pastor Brenda delivered a an awesome word, did she not? For those of you who are here, if you were not here, you need to get the CT or go online at heartofthebay.org and listen to it. Actually, you can watch it because it was a Sunday morning service. And so tonight, guess what? We've got part two. Yeah, yeah. And so she was preaching away, and I was going, "Oh Lord, you are so good." Because we hadn't shared with each other what we were going to be sharing, but, um, you know, the Holy Ghost knows what he wants to say to us. So such as I have, give I unto you. So the title of my message is, Tis the Season to be Jolly. And your response is, fa-la-la-la-la, la-la-la, <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> So I looked up the word jolly, and the word jolly means to be happy, to be cheerful, to be cheery, to be merry, to be joyful, fun, loving, to be energized. When you're jolly, you're energized. You're chipper. You're perky. And then another definition said this, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. And I remember my mother used to tell me that all the time. Time to get out of bed and shake a leg, you know? You got to be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. That means you're ready to go. And so um, that is the definition of the word jolly. And we can see that the word joy is in the word jolly. And so uh, if you don't on purpose choose joy, then you have the reciprocal of jolly. Your experience will be, instead of happy, sad. Not cheery, not merry, but burdened. Not joyful, but grouchy or short tempered. Not energized, chipper, or perky, but tired, stressed, and oh, not so bright eyed and bushy tailed. But, you know, what's so wonderful is when we as Christians really recognize the reason for this season. We know the reason for this season is Jesus. And Jesus is the one that puts the joy in our jolly. He puts the fa-la-la-la-la in our footsteps. Amen? Amen? And one thing I know that is is this, that because... He lives. Amen. I can have joy. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Amen. You know, I just am so thankful for the joy of the Lord because the joy of the Lord is my strength. I have this little card that sits next to my computer at home. I don't know where I got it. I don't know who gave it to me. I just know God used it one day. And the little card was sitting there, and I had been dealing with, you know, the affairs of life like all of us. Like all of us. Amen? Jesus said in this world, you'll have tribulations. You'll have troubles. But be of good cheer. Because he's overcome it. Be of good joy. Amen? So I've been feeling that subtle oppression and that sadness. And I was just sitting there and I looked up and all of a sudden that card was presented there. It had been there for so long I didn't even see it anymore. But the words on that card leaped off the card and leaped into my heart. And the words were simply this. This. It said, um, be joyful in hope. That's a little angel person there. A little cute cartoon. Be joyful in hope. And I thought, what does that mean? Really, Lord? What are you saying to me? Be joyful in hope. And I started thinking about it and meditating on it. And God started speaking to me about it. How when you have hope, The God kind of hope. Who against all natural hope, Abraham believed in a supernatural hope. And when you have the God kind of hope on the inside of you, you're going to have a joy. Because you're not desolate. You're not without hope. Amen. Amen? Amen? So hold on to hope. Of course, that comes from Romans twelve twelve. It is scripture, and the rest of the passage says, "Be patient in affliction, and be faithful in prayer." So I decided that day I was going to choose hope, and in choosing hope, I chose joy. Everybody say it. I choose joy. So tonight, I'm going to talk to you about some things where the rubber meets the road. Have you heard that expression? Yeah, yeah. You know, where the rubber meets the road concerning walking in the spirit of this season. And the spirit of this season is love, joy, hope, and peace. Amen. Are you candidates? Yes. Well, in Romans 15:13, I want to take a look at that in the Amplified Version. Romans fifteen thirteen, it says this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit you will abound in hope and overflow with confidence in his promises. So let's take a little closer look at that. First, it says God is a God of hope who does what he fills us with hope. If I came and I said, I'd like a cup of coffee. See, and you had some coffee in your coffee pot and you took it and you began to pour that coffee in my cup. You're going to begin to fill it up with something. Coffee. Amen. Hallelujah. God's going to fill you with something, too. He's going to fill you with hope. He's going to fill you with uh, hope, and hope anchors your soul. It helps your soul to be steady. Amen? Amen. And this happens, it says, when you do something. So God's got his part. He's going to fill you up with hope. But it's when you do something, when you do what? When you believe. That's your part. Lord, I believe that you're going to fill me with hope. I believe you're going to fill me with joy, with peace. Amen? And it says that this happens when you believe through your experience by using your faith. So by faith, you're going to believe for hope and joy amen. and it says that this happens not in your own strength but it says what by the power of the Holy Spirit so it's not something you have to work up amen it's something that he begins to work on the inside of you it is one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit And it says that when the Holy Spirit begins to work, he causes hope to abound and overflow and bubble over with confidence in what? His promises, his word. Another way to say that is to be assured that what God has said, he will do. Hallelujah. You know, this activates joy. Mm -hmm. It's like you take a bite of that fruit on the inside of you and you begin to taste it. And it's oh so sweet and it tastes so good. Mm -hmm. And so you got to choose it. Everybody say it again. I choose joy by faith. I believe, I I receive manifestations Manifestations. in in my life and in the life of those around me, Lord. In spite of present circumstances, you know, people talk about being happy. We sing songs about being happy. I'm so happy. Happiness is a good emotion, but generally speaking, happiness is a result of something that's presently happening to you. Joy is a fruit of the spirit that you can have regardless of present circumstances, regardless of the cares of this age, regardless of financial pressure, regardless of time management, amen? Regardless of the desire for other things. Desire is something that we talk a lot about at Christmas time. Isn't that right? People's desires begin to get stirred. You know, there's gift giving, gift receiving, you know, desires for many things. Your kids have a lot of desires. Your grandkids have a lot of desires. Grandma, can I have this? Grandma, I want that. You know, it's just so amazing. The things that are being sold even to our little kids out there marketed to them. Every other commercial is something about, uh, you know, a new toy or something that they've just got to have. And so desire is a word that evokes emotion. And desire is an intense feeling. And so, you know, I'm always looking for resources. My office kind of works like that. A lot of resources. So that could be things, people, um, programs. It could be um, books that I can put into the hands of people that can help them. And so I'm always looking for uh, resources. And I, I picked up a, uh, well, actually, it was a video that I watched by Jackie Hill Perry. And she's talking about desire. And desire is a good thing, you know. It can be used for good. In Mark 11, 23 and 24, I mean, Jesus talks much about desire, Whatever you desire when you pray, believe you receive it and you'll have it. But it's got to be desires that are in line with God's word. And in Jackie's book, and, and it's actually an introduction video to her book, her book is called Gay Girl and Good God. And so I was taking a look at it because we need resources for people, amen? I just highly recommend it. And she talks about desires and feelings and choosing God. And she shares about how God created us with a capacity to feel. And those feelings are to glorify God with. But then she goes on to say how sin distorted that. You know, in the garden. And in Genesis 3, Eve was looking at and longing for a tree. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil that God said you cannot eat of this tree. Because in the day that you do, you shall surely die. And so it was his word that she was not to eat. They were not to eat. It was his word. And it was to be believed. Amen? And if believed, she would continue to leave free. And that's the point Jackie makes. But... She, Eve, saw it as a tree to be desired to make her wise. So that desire was departing from what God said. God said, do not. And she allowed that longing to begin to work on the inside of her. So it wasn't a godly desire. It was seed of a desire the enemy was planting in her. And she began to meditate upon that seed, and she began to think about how she desired to be wise like God. And she didn't cast down that thought or that imagination. But she get, she began to um, allow it to take root so that it became a stronghold in her thinking. And as it became a stronghold, the next thing she did was to act on it, Right? And so, she uses a word here of affection to describe how she sees the tree. I desire it. So she allows her feelings to govern how she saw the word. And that's a problem. Because the problem with that is you can't trust your feelings. Amen? Amen? Because your feelings ultimately have no authority. Only the word of God has ultimate authority. And if you put your feelings above scripture, you'll die every time. And so with the help of the Holy Spirit, you'll begin to see that the tree is not good for food. And that's what Jackie begins to talk about, about choosing life so that you can live and your seed. Amen? And the decisions you make today, those decisions will affect your seed. You may not even have children. You may not even be married yet, but it will affect your seed, the decisions you make today. So you need to make sure that your desires are in line with his desires. What is your will? What is your plan? What is your purpose? That's the most important thing for you to know. Amen? Amen. So the Holy Spirit will help you to live for the reason that you were created. And what was that reason we said a few minutes ago? To glorify God. And so again, you know, sin's pleasurable for a season, but it has a sting to it. And so anything that you find yourself departing in your thought life, where you even lose your joy and lose your peace and lose the purpose for this season, you know, you've got to correct that. And you've got to make an adjustment in your thinking so that your thinking lines up with God's word. Because if you don't, before you know it, those desires are going to take you further than you want to go, cost you more than you want to pay, keep you longer than you want to stay. Amen? Jackie, let me quote her. She says, God is real. His word is actual and to be believed. And when believed, his word changes things. Amen? Satan wants to prevent the seed of God's word from being planted in your heart. And the seed of God's word is God in seed form. So when you receive the word of God into your heart, you're receiving him. And it's incorruptible seed. And it's seed that will grow on the inside of you. So you've got to watch what you plant in your garden. You've got to make sure you're planting the right seed. So we're just going to go quickly over to Mark chapter 4 in the New Living Testament. We're going to look at a few verses here about the, the um, farmer planting seed. Amen. And this all ties back into our message. Tis the season to be jolly. So... Starting at verse 4, it says, Once again, Jesus began teaching by the lake shore. A very large crowd soon gathered around him, so that he got into a boat. And then he sat in the boat while all the people remained on the shore. And he taught them by telling many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, he said, a farmer went out to plant some seed. And as he scattered it across the field, some of the seed fell on a footpath. And the birds came and ate it. Another seed on shallow soil, an underlying rock. And the seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the seed soon will, uh, withered under the hot sun. And since it did not have roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked the tender plants. So they produced no grain. Still other seed fell on a uh, fertile soil, and they sprouted and grew and produced a crop that was thirty, sixty, and a hundred times as much as had been planted. Then he said, "Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand." There's four types of ground that is being talked about here. That this that the farmer came along and planted seed, and so the first ground is the wayside, the wayside. And it says that's where the word gets stolen. The word is stolen in the wayside. When they heard the word, Satan came immediately and stole the word with doubt and fear and unbelief. And we could say hopelessness, too. Like, how could that be? So I guess that would be a form of doubt. So the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and to take it. Stony ground. Stony ground is the ground that bears no fruit because it has no root. Received with gladness when tribulation and affliction and persecution arise, however, men stumble. It says the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with what? With joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. So that's another kind of ground we don't want to be. Then there's the ground that it's it's got thorns in it. And it says, thorns do this, thorns choke. So cares of the world, deceitfulness of riches and desire for other things, enter in and choke the word, and it becomes what? Unfruitful. I want to be fruit-bearing, how about you? Amen. The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear the God's word, But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life. And that's how you lose hope. As you allow those things to take root and take first place. And be the ultimate authority that we were just talking about. No, God's word is ultimate authority. God's word is to be believed. And when believed, it changes things. So it says, it goes on to say the lure of wealth and the desire for other things so that the fruit is, so that no fruit is produced. But then there's good ground. Everybody say, I'm good ground. Good ground bears fruit. It hears, receives, and bears fruit. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and hear. And accept and receive God's word and produce a harvest. So it's not just something that affects their lives. It's something that produces a harvest and other people can eat off of it. Amen? It's 30, 60, 100 hundredfold as much as has been planted. Everybody say, it. I'm a fruit-bearing Christian. So, we've said all that to kind of set up the next thing that I want to talk about. And the next thing is Satan's trap that will come against you to prevent you from walking in joy. So now we've shared some things about good ground. We've shared some things about how you can prevent that. So let's go a little deeper. Let's talk about one of the things that he does. How about the comparison trap? Listen. I'm Pastor care. I know all about it. I mean, it's true for everybody. The enemy will come and he'll talk to you about the person sitting next to you and have you compare your life with theirs. I'll tell you what. If you spend too much time on Facebook, everybody else's life looks better than yours. But when you compare yourself, you know, I mean, pastors do this. Um, People in business do this. Uh, People in your neighborhood with this house and that house and this car and that car. And, you know, what grades your kids get. That doesn't produce success. It's good to have good grades. You should work hard. But ultimately, God's gift in you is what's going to produce success. And so, when you compare yourself with somebody else and somebody else's course, here's what I find begins to happen. When the enemy will start talking to you about, gosh, your course is so hard. It's just not easy like so-and-so's course. Their course looks so easy. Well, you know what you're doing? You're coveting after another person's course. And when you get your eyes on somebody else's course, you take your eyes off of your course and the grace of God that's on your course. And God gives grace equal to circumstances. And so there's a grace for your course that's just for you. It's not for anybody else. And sometimes you'll hear people say, well, I don't know how you do this or do that. How do you do that all? Well, it's God's grace for you. As long as you're staying in balance and you're following the Holy Spirit, you're going to do some supernatural things, aren't you? Because God's a supernatural God and he has supernatural courses for us to walk in. But then sometimes, you know, it's like, well, how do you bear this? How do you do that? How do you go through this dark place? Because of the grace of God. That lifts you, sustains you, empowers you, gives you strength. And that grace that's on you produces something else we're talking about. It produces joy. Amen? Amen. So when you choose grace, you choose joy. And you choose peace. You choose the spirit of this season that we're talking about. And you begin to walk in it. Hallelujah. So you've got to protect that. You've got to take no thought, saying, you know, why can't things be easier for me? Life is challenging. It has lots of issues that we have to walk through the fire and not be burnt, you know? Walk through the waters and they won't overcome you. That's what the word of God says. Pass through the valley of Baca. That's the valley of weeping. But when you pass through, don't camp there. Don't get stuck there. Pass through it. And when you pass through it on the other side, you'll find that you receive gold in that place. And it'll be it'll become a spring whereby you can give to others the virtue you received in the valley of Baca. Hallelujah. Amen? Just don't quit. Keep on walking. You know, when you're going through hell, keep on walking. Amen. When you're going through pain, keep on walking. Keep drawn on the strength of the Holy Ghost. He's going to help you. He's going to give you grace equal to circumstances. You can't borrow it. You can't buy it. You can't steal it. It's grace for your race. Amen so avoid comparing yourself with others because it's a trap and it's really uh, something that happens this time of the year comparing you know, what you can get your kids or what other people are I mean it's just the devil will use so many things you know what you have presently you know even family members I know even C and I were talking about this her family's over in Africa but you know what God gave her a family here hallelujah amen and we love you praise God and so live in that place of thanksgiving for what you do have and not for what you don't and um, I think about Ruth and how she had to in the book of Ruth she had to sit back and she had to allow her kinsman redeemer to redeem her life and she couldn't do anything with the arm of her flesh I mean, it would have been tempting to go in there and say something with your words to convince otherwise. But she had to sit back and let her redeemer redeem her life. She had to surrender all. We sang that song tonight. Sometimes we just got to surrender all our worries and cares and anxieties. All of the things that we can do in our own strength. Surrender all. And like Ruth, sit back and say, Lord, redeem my life. Redeem the situation. Redeem that family member. Redeem this. Redeem that, Lord. You do it. His arm is not shortened. Amen? That he cannot save. glory to God. I'm so glad about that. How about you? And here's something else I know. When you come to the end of your rope, look up. Because that's where there's more of God and less of you. Hallelujah. Let's look at Psalms 46, verse 10 in the Message Bible. We've, we talked about this. Pastor Brenda even made a little bit of mention about this this morning. And so it says, step out of the traffic. Take a long, loving look at me, your most high God. Above politics and above everything else. There's always gonna be a lot of distractions in life. Things that will pull for your attention, things that will stir up other emotions on the inside of you. But I'm telling you, you gotta just step out of that traffic. Jesus did. If Jesus pulled himself away and went into the mountain to pray, how much more do we have to? Amen? Step out of the hustle and the bustle. I know on on Wednesday morning we had ladies' prayer. And it was so precious because we got there and the Spirit of God just showed up. I mean, God came down. So find places that you can go where you know you're under the spout where the glory comes out. And as we stood there, we couldn't even speak. We couldn't even pray. The Spirit of God was so strong upon us. And then, at the appropriate time, boy, did we have utterance. But I mean, prayers, believers, need to know and experience his presence. Tangibly experience his presence coming down on you. Because in that place, you'll have a divine exchange. Amen? Glory to God in his presence is fullness of joy so we got to keep our eyes fixed upon him and that's how we keep the joy in our heart that's how we keep you know the jolly in our christmas Amen. everybody say it i choose, I choose. jesus, jesus. I, choose joy. I choose joy now real quickly i want to go over a couple of practical things that you can do in this season to maintain the jolly and be filled with love and peace real quickly manage your expectations you know we always have these expect again it's the like pastor brennan said this morning the hallmark picture <laughs> if you're watching too much hallmark and i love hallmark i watch a lot of those movies because it's just it blesses me but you know i like to see people just have a good life and um So, uh, But, you know, if you watch too much of that, you think everything's perfect. Everybody else's situation is perfect. But there's only one who is perfect. And that's him. That's the father. Here's another practical thing. If you want a specific gift or something from a loved one, tell them. (laughs) They can't read your mind. And I can't tell you, especially younger people. You know, they think that, oh, I'm going to get this and that because I just know he knows. <laughs> if there's something you really want, make it known. Amen. Okay. Make a, a list, Add some, put several things on there, let them pick, right. but communicate about those things. It's real important and it'll keep your expectations managed and you won't be disappointed. Hallelujah. <laughs> You won't, you know, when everyone else is getting boombox, you won't, I mean, getting jewelry, you won't get a boombox. Okay? Alright. So, here's another thing. Ask others to make you a list so that you can check it twice. And get them something on their list. That's what I do. Because I don't want to get something like with all the grandkids and kids that, you know, they really don't want. Give me a list, I'll choose from that list. Okay? So that's another very practical thing that you can do in this season. How about this? Stay away from controversial topics of discussion when around others who have a difference of opinion during your holiday gatherings. Your holiday gatherings. Live in peace as much as possible. Live in joy. Say, I choose joy. joy. Here's another one. Keep it simple. I have a tendency and I, I know some of you sure are the same way. You have a tendency, you know, you get an idea to do something and then it just grows. I remember Joyce Meyer, she shared a beautiful story about how she wanted to have friends over for hot dogs. Well, the hot dogs turned into steaks. And the steaks turned into new lawn furniture, and then they had to paint the awning, and they had to redo the backyard. So pretty soon she was so stressed out when they got there that she was no she was no fun. So keep it simple. Don't allow emotions to put you under financial pressure. Have a budget. You know what I have? I have a spreadsheet for all my grandkids and my great grandkids. I have a spreadsheet and I have a budget. And every time I purchase something, it goes on there in the dollar amount so that I'm not overspending. Okay? So I would suggest that to you because it's been a blessing to me. How about this? Um, don't isolate, but engage in resources and people God has put in your pathway. Maybe invite others to your home. Do things that you volunteer your time. We just had an amazing event here, didn't we, Steve? Praise God. We had Chabot College come over here, and we had collaborated with them. I spoke with one of the instructors there, and we uh, agreed to host uh, a mentoring time with some of our seniors here. We had 13 seniors and 44 students. And these students were part of the class that's um, health and wellness. And so we were able to break up into small groups and able just to have them ask questions and just to listen to what, you know, was being shared um, from the mentor's hearts. And then we had a beautiful lunch for them. I'm telling you, it exceeded, far exceeded my expectations, didn't it, Sia? It was so precious. These young people, we had an opportunity to touch their lives with life experiences. Isn't that right, Steve? It was so, so excellent. And they were hungry, they were so respectful. I'm sure it's the beginning of many other things that we will do because God's opening doors here at Heart of the Bay, amen? And we need to reach outside the walls of the church to touch the community. And that was such an excellent way to do it. And so all these seniors came and volunteered their time. And it was so precious, really, what happened in that place. So volunteer your time, don't isolate. You know, sometimes people are alone. But find something, where a place where you can give. Give from your heart. Give from the supply of the Spirit that God has for you. Um, How about this? Call on Jesus. Call on Jesus. I was thinking about blind Bartimaeus and how he was stuck in Jericho. And he was stuck there with a condition, and his condition was blindness. And so being blind causes you to have this distorted view of things. And here was blind Bartimaeus sitting by the road. We see a lot of homeless people out there. And sometimes it's your job just to pray. Sometimes it's your job to do something more. But in this case, blind Bartimaeus had been sitting there. He had a beggar's coat on, you know. I believe that the beggar's coat was their license to beg. And he heard Jesus was in town. You know, your ears get more in tune if you can't see with your eyes. So I'm sure others were maybe yelling Jesus' name. I'm not exactly sure. doesn't say. But it said he did hear that Jesus was there. And he began to cry out. He cried out, Jesus, son of David, have what? Mercy on me. And sometimes we just need to call out for God's mercy. When we're stressed out, when there's too many things to do, and again, this time of the year, that can be the case. You got more month than money? Mercy! Jesus have mercy! Well, the people with him, they started saying, shh, 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 shh. "Hush, hush, hush." The enemy will always try to shut your mouth. But I tell you what? What did Bar- blind Bartimaeus do? He began to cry all the more. Jesus! Son of God! Have mercy! on me. Hallelujah. Sometimes you need to call out for mercy for your family members. Jesus have mercy. And when you begin to cry out to God, God hears you. When you begin to say, Lord, have mercy on this one. Maybe they need to be uplifted and upheld and comforted and loved. Maybe they're in a situation where they're making bad choices and you need to say, Lord, have mercy. Have mercy. Send someone to help that one. But when you cry out, God says he hears your cries and he will deliver. Amen. I love how Paul said, that he makes mention in his prayers. Making mention of somebody has power within it to transform a situation. When somebody comes to mind during the season, lift them up and say, Lord, I make mention of them. And the power of God will go out there to reach them. And so God came to blind Bartimaeus in his weakness, in his struggle, And blind Barimaeus, he stood up when he knew Jesus was coming and he did something. He threw aside his cloak. And remember, that was his license. That was like, you know, the welfare system. He threw away natural provision. And he said, Lord, I just trust you to do something that I can't do for myself. And Jesus said, your faith has made me whole your faith will make you whole your faith will always work for you amen Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. hallelujah don't expect from people what only God can give you that's another good point God's embrace I'm telling you love people love people people need to be loved You need to allow God's love to flow through you. Look for opportunities to be a blessing. Be kind to people. Be thankful. Gratitude brings joy. Pray for others. And in closing, I want to look at this last passage of scripture out of Romans chapter 12 in the message version, verses 1 and 2. I just want to encourage you tonight to put your life before God. And again, in that place of prayer where you're petitioning heaven on the behalf of somebody else, God will work something in you for that person. He will work mercy in your heart. Sometimes we have situations where we see people and they make bad decision after bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. And sometimes we lose mercy. But God's mercies are new every morning. Amen? They're tender mercies. Oh, I want tender mercies upon my life. Yes. Yes. So if you want it, you've got to sow it. Amen? Sometimes you sow it in prayer. And sometimes love is tough love. And you, again, going back to the word, you've got to obey the word because that's final authority. But we've got to keep our hearts right. Amen? Amen? So let's read verse 1. It says, So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life You're sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. Now that's full circle, isn't it? You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you. And quickly respond to it. That's having spiritual eyes. Amen? Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down, circumstances dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you develops well-formed maturity in you. I'll tell you, that's a place to live in. That's a place where you can choose joy. Amen? So I I have a song I want you to hear. Sia actually introduced this to me, but it's um, for king and country. It's called I Choose Joy. And the reason I wanted to play it in closing is because I want you to hear those words and I want them to take root in your heart, cause you're gonna have opportunities, you know, before the end of this year to lose your joy. And you have another opportunity that will be presented to choose joy. Amen? Amen. Well, Father, we just thank you and praise you that you are the source of our joy. And we choose joy. Everybody say it with me. I choose joy. And we choose to walk in the fruit of it. And so, Father, we just place a guard round about us. And we will not allow the enemy to sow seed of any kind. But on the onset, we will cast down every thought that would produce an imagination that would bring a stronghold. And we choose joy, Lord. We choose grace for our race. We choose the peace of God. We choose it. And we thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen.